Welcome back to another episode of Iron Sharpens Iron. We on Iron Sharpens Iron believe that who you surround yourself with matters, and at the heart of this belief is Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. All right, so we're back here in uh, another week with Iron Sharpens Iron. Uh, last week um, was the beginning of June, so we kind of talked about, you know, the issue of um, transgenderism, gay pride, and uh, the secular era that we live in today, and... Um, the reason we talked about that last week is because we wanted to have Father Michael Donahue on here this week to talk about the Sacred Heart, which is, I think, uh, something we can look for and hope in the world we live in, in the secular world, and can, can, we can kind of look at the Sacred Heart for, for hope in this uh, amidst this um, this tragedy or yeah. or what we're looking at now. The, these so. two counterclaims of the significance of this month, the month yes. of June. Yes. You know, so exactly. So, Father, if you would introduce yourself, maybe um, let the viewers, the listeners know who you are and a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. So my name is Father Michael Donahue. I grew up here in the Fargo area. In fact, I even went to NDSU uh, from 2012 to 2016, uh, majoring in physics and math. Uh, but then immediately after graduating from NDSU, I entered the Dominican order, specifically the, the eastern province, the province of St. Joseph. Um, I've been in initial formation with them for the past seven years. I was just ordained a, a priest uh, on May 20th, just a, a couple, just a few weeks ago. So nice, yeah! Right congratulations yeah. for that. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so you're flying pretty high with that. Like, is there a pretty kind of like on top of the world feeling that comes with being ordained a priest? Yeah, it's things are pretty different now. It's yeah. like, wait. I, I don't have to get to mass. I can just celebrate mass. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, a, an advantage to be able to you know, right. uh, confer the sacraments wherever yeah, yeah. you go. Absolutely. So. But then also it's been a great joy to return to the places where I grew up, yeah. the places where I frequented going to mass before uh, entering the order, uh, and even in my visits uh, back home, and to be able to can celebrate or celebrate masses there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's some somewhat of a surreal experience getting to kind of rewalk the places where your call was first stirred up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and kind of reflect back upon, Lord, what was the relationship like then versus now and, and right. things like that? Yeah, yeah. So like my home parish of Nativity or um, the, the Adoration Chapel at, at the cathedral or right. here, here at the Newman Center. Yeah. Uh, the countless hours I spent here, of yeah. course, in the previous building. Yep, yep. <laughs> we, we can we can uh, happy memory to the to the old uh, old building. That's right. Yeah, and uh, as we look forward to entering the promised land very very soon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, uh, getting right into the topic, I guess uh, the Sacred Heart. I think uh, a lot of people will hear it. A lot of people know it. Um, but uh, kind of give us an explanation of of what is what is it exactly? Can you can you give us a little explanation of that? Right. So, um, the Sacred Heart, it's this devotion to, um, it's this devotion to the heart of Jesus, uh, recognizing the fact that Jesus is our perfect mediator. He is both God and man. So, um, he is completely God, but he also has a human heart. Uh, and that, that heart was perfectly sanctified and perfectly filled with that divine love for each and every one of us. Um, I mean, you, you hear it in the, the, the so often quoted John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that he gave his only son. Um, so we, we see that uh, in the Sacred Heart, the, the emblem of that love, that divine love for us. Um, and then also just the aspect of the fact that he took on his human nature for us and was, through that human nature, was able to die for us. Um, 
So you, you see all these things, all these different parts of uh, our salvation and all these different aspects of Catholic theology, I think, are really represented well just in that emblem of the Sacred Heart. Yeah. So where did it where did it come from then? Because, I mean, for a lot of our listeners, they've probably seen that image, that right. emblem. I know on my mantle at home, I have a painting of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and then the Immaculate Heart right next to uh, to it. So... Um, you know, we're, we're probably really familiar with seeing it out if you've been in a Catholic church. It's probably in every single Catholic church right. somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. Um, and, and so where did it come from, though? Because it wasn't always sort of part of the devotional life of the church, was it? No, no. Um, and even in, like, doing a little bit more research about this, the, the history of the Sacred Heart is complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As most things in the Catholic Church tend to be sometimes. So. Yeah, so it's, it's not like it came from one single right. source. It was uh, all these different aspects that kind of coalesced over the last, I think, a thousand years or yeah. so. Yeah, um, So especially around, uh, I think it was in the, the 10 hundreds and in the 11 hundreds, uh, and then certainly into the, the high medieval era, you have this focus on the sacred humanity of Christ, um, especially with the, the um, so for example, the medieval scholastics, they're, they're focusing on the, the sacred humanity of Christ and just how important this is. So for example, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about how Christ's human nature is the instrumental cause of our salvation. Uh, so God is, mm-hmm. of course, the, the, the primary cause of saving us. Uh, but he works through Christ's human nature. So that's kind of like the, the groundwork that you, you have being right, formed in right. these, these centuries, this focus on the sacred humanity. Uh, you, you also see this with the Franciscan order. Uh, they, they had uh, a, a, like certain devotions that they fostered that focused on Christ's humanity. Uh, if I remember correctly, they also focused especially on Christ's five wounds. They had mm-hmm. a devotion to the five wounds. Um, and they placed a special emphasis on the wound in Christ's side, mm-hmm. uh, so the wound to his heart. So growing out of this, and then also various uh, uh, writings of, uh, of great saints and uh, mystics of the church. Uh, so for example, um, I believe there were several uh, Benedictine monasteries of nuns. Um, so you, you have St. Gertrude the Great, um, and then uh, also two other nuns of her monastery, uh, both named Mechthild. <laughs> but wow. they, well, well, we need to pause right there. Yeah. <laughs> right? How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, uh, that's like John or something. Uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Got it's, it. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's I think just a, a common name in yeah, Germany right. at the time. Uh, that's uh, too funny. So each of these nuns had mystical experiences with Christ, but especially St. Gertrude, uh, she had this mystical experience where um, she entered her monastery at a very young age, but later on in her 20s, she had this greater conversion to to her relationship with Christ, this, this much deeper conversion, and she took her religious life more seriously. And after that, she experienced an exchange of hearts with Christ, where he gave her his heart, and he took hers and put it in his chest. Wow! So, um, you you can see like the, yeah, the yeah. this very, uh, this strong focus on the the heart. Yeah, is is building yeah. at this time. Yeah, no, that, and and I think reflecting on sort of that organic development of doctrine and dogma in the mm-hmm. church, right, from the first centuries of the church, and these questions that arise, you know, that, yeah. um, you know, Jesus gave this sufficient teaching, but then there's this unpacking of, okay, well, who who is 
God, then, you right. know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, uh, and okay, what's that relationship with you know, his divinity to his humanity, and this has worked out over centuries, right? And exactly. all these councils and, you know, the creed gets developed and, and things like that. And eventually the questions, once you sort of maybe start with the most essential questions, right? Uh, about who is God, who is his divinity, that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, eventually you get to these questions of humanity. And I think that's really what you're beautifully describing is this, yep. okay, this last millennia, it starts to unfold and unpack in such a way that we're starting to really need to ask this, like a necessity to ask these questions because, mm -hmm. okay, what does it really mean that, you know, his humanity was the instrument of our salvation, right? right. You know, um, I think those, that's the beauty of the Catholic faith in my estimation is that we actually will we'll ask these questions over centuries <laughs> and, and come to very substantial answers, but then things like the Sacred Heart uh, sort of, maybe, I don't know if this is the right word, but synthesize it in mm -hmm. such a way, you know, uh, sort of compose it into this beautiful icon of God's love. Right. And, and how useful then uh, it can be in the devotional life of the everyday faithful. Because mm -hmm. now there's something tangible that I actually can't understand, you know, from the simplest to, you know, the most brilliant person, there's something there that's very accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you go on and you're, you're telling the how how long this kind of devotion is to the Sacred Heart and where it all started. What I'm familiar with, I, I think mostly, is the the devotion from Saint Margaret Mary um, Alacoque. Alacoque, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, she I think um, she's much later. I think that's the 17th century um, is when she was having her her visions and her um, yep. devotion and the the devotion kind of after her death. I think it was. 70 some years or 80 years after that is when they kind of established the devotion that we know today mm -hmm. um, to the Sacred Heart. Um, but I, I also read that there was kind of a lot of controversy, like the Jesuits picked up her, the, the devotion to the Sacred Heart, but there was still controversy around that. Was that mostly just around her visions or was that, um, do you know more in detail about, was that just I don't about know. her visions, or was that about the... I don't know too many details. I would okay. suspect it was um, probably um, trying to uh, establish the veracity of her visions okay. and everything like that. And I think she experienced that in her lifetime. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think she talked about her visions at first um, with others, but when she did, uh, she wasn't believed. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only later when, she, uh, when uh, a particular Jesuit came and was her spiritual director, uh, Claude de la Colombière, I believe is his name, yeah. um, that he, he was like, no, this is, this is something real. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm not entirely sure what the, the controversy was following her death, but uh, eventually it was uh, approved, first of all in France, I believe that was the yeah. 75 years after her death, but then later in the 1800s, I believe, uh, the devotion was approved for the entire uh, Latin church. Yeah. And can you walk us through a little bit about uh, what um, that that devotion looks like a little bit today? I know there's uh, um, what is it devotion uh, the so receiving the Holy Eucharist and First Fridays, and then mm -hmm. kind of what else is is going into that that devotion from her? Right. So from what I remember, uh, and this was something that like Christ Himself explained to Margaret Mary in, yeah, in sure. some of her visions, uh, was the the practice of receiving uh, the Eucharist on, I believe it was nine consecutive First Fridays. Uh, so the first Friday of a month and doing that for nine months. Um, 
and then I think um, this is kind of a detail that's stuck in the back of my brain, but I, I haven't looked into it recently. I think there's a particular focus on that in making reparation. Uh, so for those who uh, do not love Christ as they should, or especially those who do not receive the Eucharist uh, worthily, who receive it in a state of mortal sin or what have you. So praying for those uh, who, uh, yeah, who are so um, hurting the heart of Jesus, so to speak, uh, by their actions. Uh, I think another practice um, was establishing that of like the Thursday holy hour. Um, so praying before the Blessed Sacrament on Thursdays for an hour, uh, in the sense mimicking what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Can you not stay awake with me for one hour? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that was the, the idea behind that. But then also uh, was just the, the fact of being able to establish a feast of the Sacred Heart, uh, being able to celebrate liturgically the Sacred Heart on a particular day uh, during the year. Um, <clears throat> and with a lot of, as with many things in the, in the church, this grew gradually. First, it was uh, the, the feast day was celebrated uh, within St. Margaret Mary's own convent, uh, and she was a uh, a visitation nun, is that right? Uh, you know, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I, I can't, I can't <laughs> recall. Um, I, I could probably put it in the Google machine real quick. Sure. Yeah. So I think she was a visitation nun, and so it, it spread to other convents or other, uh, yeah, other convents of the visitation nuns, um, and then from there spread to the rest of France, and then from there spread to the entire Latin Church. Um, sure. What, what significance would you say that <coughs> sorry um, this devotion plays in like uh, the the world we live in today how important is it that we you know devote ourselves to the sacred heart and and really reflect on the love the human love that Jesus gave us through his heart oof <laughs> um, loaded question yes very loaded question <laughs> I think one way to to think about this is just in the sense that so many people today seek love and uh, they, they seek love in kind of all the wrong places. Uh, they seek happiness in, in all the wrong places. They're, they're searching for something uh, and they think it's, um, say, if I change my body in a certain way or if I do certain things, then I'll, I'll be happy. Um, but I, I, I think I think the Sacred Heart shows us just the merciful love of God, and He's He's showing us like He's showing us what true happiness is 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 that relationship with Him uh, and the fact that we are made for Him. Um, but then at the same time, it's it's also the mercy that's flowing from from the Sacred Heart. Um, so no matter what we have done, Christ has still died for us, uh, and He's still offering us that mercy. Um, so just. Um, yeah, whenever you see the Sacred Heart, there's often this this fire that is right. pouring forth from the, the heart or the enveloping the heart. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's just this beautiful image of the the abundance of God's love that he's pouring forth. Uh, and that is is on offer to each of us. Yeah, I, I love the iconography of it because it's, you know, of course, the heart. And it's not like a Valentine's Day heart where it's right. a lot of the, the, the images, they, they make it more of, like a cardiac muscle, yeah, right? Like they, the realistic they kind heart, of, yeah. It's, it's realistic, and it's, of course, pierced, mm-hmm. surrounded by thorns, with flames shooting <laughs> up from the top, and then a cross on it, you know, yeah. up top. And there's so many different elements of Jesus' paschal mystery 
kind of wrapped into that, um, that it does recall our minds and our hearts to what he did and the measure of his mercy and the fire for which his, his heart burns for us. And um, mm-hmm. I found it uh, very helpful simply to have that image at the ready in many different places, um, primarily in my home. Uh, my wife and I, we were actually married on the uh, Solemnity of the Sacred Heart. Um, we're approaching our 14th wedding anniversary here in about a week. And um, yeah, it's it, it was just kind of, we were looking for a wedding day, not really searching for it. And of course, mm-hmm. most people are like, which Saturday is free kind of a thing because <laughs> it's convenient for families. And we were looking at the feast days of the church as we wanted to sort of line that up. And so yeah. we, hey, what, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, it's this Saturday. So we start calling around. And of course, we didn't want to wait super long to get married. We're like, okay, we kind of want to get married and, you know, the it's next the six Saturday. Eight, yeah. You propose, all right, this Saturday. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, you know, what is it, hey, what does the church require of us? Six months? All right. Six months it is, you know, kind of a yeah. thing. Um, but of course, everything's booked because in, in America, people book things, you know, like two years out because apparently they need a two-year engagement. Anyway, we're not going to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Uh, and, and so anyway, we're like, oh, okay. And then, so we started asking, you know, the parish priest, what about that Friday? He's like, yeah, wide open. Let's do it. We called those like banquet halls. Yeah, Friday's wide open. I'm like, mm-hmm. it, at the time, it's just, it never even occurred to me, you know, we're like, well, what feast day is, is that Friday? You know, and so I look up, oh, it's the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Wow, this is so like Mary, right? You try to give her the attention. He's like, uh, my son, please. So, <laughs> um, and, and it's been a devotion in our household ever since. Uh, early on yeah. in our marriage, we enthroned our home to the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, uh, you know, have this beautiful, you know, Fontanini statue that kind of sits very prominently uh, just as you walk into the door. And so you can't miss it. It's, it's right there. It's prominent. And uh, it's really, in, in some ways, shaped our entire marriage and family and and you know when we've encountered suffering sometimes really great suffering uh, mm-hmm. it's been a real consolation for us to turn to that image and say this is no you know mere coincidence or accident that, that this is a part of our marriage and our family that that I think our Lord really invited my wife and I into the experience of just saying I want you to live this out incarnationally over the course of your entire marriage and life. And, um, and so I, it's just been a, a real you know, personal devotion and um, just in, in the sense of his Paschal mystery and seeing that in it and then seeing, oh, my life aligns with that. And you're you know, just like he exchanged hearts with, the, like I'm inviting you in to live my life, but the better part is I'm gonna give you the grace that I've obtained and, and wanna pour out mm-hmm. to you on that, so. Yeah. Um, so I, I just have a personal devotion in that sense that, and we didn't really even pick it. It wasn't one of the, it was just sort of like, yeah, yeah this is going to be your devotion. So, yep. no, I, I, I found that in my own life and with some of my friends where it's like, you, you don't seek out the sacred heart. He yeah. seeks you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and I don't know how I really feel about that sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, as they say, Christ is the hound of heaven. So yeah. he's, he's always after us. Amen. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah, that's really awesome that you kind of centered your your yeah. home marriage around the sa- Sacred Heart, and you know some people you can you know center your your life around the Sacred Heart and going to reflect on that. Yeah. You know, we we talked about the symbolism and mm-hmm. and what it has, and you can go and look at it and just see the divine love that was yeah. put into the Sacred Heart. You know, you can reflect on His Paschal mysteries and that. Yeah. That I think is something that's super awesome and super amazing about the Sacred Heart mm-hmm. that we have. Right? Yeah. And it's it's just so accessible, just as Jesus is so accessible. 
right? He's, he's here with us in the sacraments, right? Um, that we can receive him, you know, fully, really, in, in the Eucharist, right? We receive his mercy and confession. Um, so all the sacraments, of course, conferring grace uh, for, for the particular time of need or initiation and things like that. So I think that's the Catholic faith, right? It's not an idea that we're living. It's tangible. It's touchable. It's our senses can receive him. It's he's given himself to us in a human way. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thank God for that because I would be <laughs> lost. I would be hosed without it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That, that how the church really connects with people in, in a human way, you know, like with the, the incense, you know, so you got smells, you got bells, <laughs> yeah, you got, you got... The smells and bells. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And yeah, with the, yeah, with the, the seeing and the vi- visuals too, it's, it's yeah, really amazing. Mm-hmm. I think there's another aspect of the Sacred Heart, and I, I think you touched on this uh, a bit, was just, um, and this this also ties in with the, all the elements of Christ's Paschal mystery, but just the, the fact of, um, like, there's the elements of Christ's suffering and death that yeah. are just symbolized in the Sacred Heart. And so it gets at this aspect of just how suffering is changed and redeemed through mm-hmm. Christ's passion, so much so that our suffering here and now can have great and uh, great meaning and value. Uh, and so you, you see that uh, just visualized in the Sacred Heart, and it, it becomes this focal point for, yeah. for Catholics where uh, I'm going through terrible stuff right now, for example. Uh, like somebody says, I'm going through terrible stuff right now, but I know that I can turn to Christ and to his Sacred Heart uh, because he also went through yeah. these terrible sufferings for me. Yeah. And, and it reminds me, it just calls to mind, it's my favorite uh, section of Vatican II, Gaudium et Spes, uh, mm-hmm. number 22, right? And it touches on that, you know, without Jesus, our life is meaningless. Mm-hmm. With him, everything takes upon meaning. Right. And um, I've, I've been helped by that a lot in my own life, but I remember particularly one uh, friend of mine, I was, so when I was working in the hospital, and her, uh, her mom was... Um, you know, in critical condition, fighting an infection, uh, and uh, ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember bumping just randomly into her. I was on my way to the cafeteria or some ultra mundane thing like that. And we bumped in and we were chatting. And I mentioned that particular line. I don't know. I must have been praying on that at that time. It was so just, I always just serve up whatever, whatever's fresh on my mind and heart. <laughs> and like, hopefully this is helpful to you because this is what I'm, uh, what I'm currently chewing on. So, um, but she came back and said that was actually exactly the consolation we needed in this moment mm-hmm. as they sat with her mother as uh, at the time it was, she, they were uncertain whether she was going to live or die and she ended up passing away. And, um, yeah. and I, I just think that's the, the mercy and tenderness of our Lord's heart is he wants to be with us in, in even those most ultimate moments as you know, we sit by uh, the deathbed of somebody that we love, or you know, eventually each one of us, right? We're all gonna right. uh, face that that journey uh, at one point or another. So, that, but he's present there with us; that he hasn't left us alone in that. Yeah, for um, <clears throat> I guess our listeners out there, what are some ways that they can cultivate kind of a personal relationship with the with the uh, Sacred Heart in their their daily lives? Hmm. That's a great question. Uh, I can give a couple of answers, but I'm sure there's there's other ways yeah. as well. <laughs> um, so there, 
For example, there are some great prayers uh, that, that I think really focus on the, the Sacred Heart. Well, first of all, there's the practice of the, the First Friday devotion. So yeah. you can make it a point to go to Mass on the first Friday of every month and receive Holy Communion um, with like great, that great devotion and love for Christ and His Sacred Heart, um, and especially seeking to pray for those who, mm-hmm. who don't receive Christ in the Eucharist worthily. Um, so that's one great devotion. Um, uh, there are some great prayers that I think really kind of focus on this. Um, I think there's a prayer of consecration written by St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Um, you can find it in various prayer books. I've uh, found that to be a great uh, resource. But then also there's a, a quite old prayer um, that predates really the, the devotion to the Sacred Heart called the Anima Christi. Um, but it, it fo- the first few lines focus on this sacred humanity of Christ. And so I, I've for a long time kind of associated the two in, in, in my mind. Um, so let's see if I can uh, recite the first few lines for you. Uh, Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. And then it goes on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just this, this focusing on the, the various aspects of Christ's humanity and just how they're so instrumental for our salvation, uh, which, again, I think is just encapsulated in the image of the Sacred Heart. Um, yeah. This even it just it makes me think of, you know, the piercing of Christ's heart mm-hmm. and even the word heart, you know, core. Like it's, yep. it's, it's there at, you know, the center of us. And um, that his love runs all the way through, that there's nothing that he held back. Right. And um, it's, it's a great meditation just to sit with that and, mm-hmm. and to think about that his heart was pierced all the way through. And, and then it, it often, I don't know if there is an actual connection here, but I've in this organic development, I do see a, a sort of a further development in, say, the devotion to the divine mercy, mm-hmm. where, again, now, now it's, it's more external facing and it's the, you know, the iconography is maybe shifted a little bit yeah. um, to these rays that are coming forth from it. And, uh, and how much I think our Lord is just emphasizing mercy, mercy in these, these centuries. And you know, what does it have to do in our life? What does it have to do with our world? Well, I think a lot. I think we need a lot of mercy right now. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. What say you guys? Well, yeah, speaking of the month of June, right? Just right. A lot of yeah. prayer and mercy for, um, and just showing kind of being a reflection of God's love through us, right? And mm-hmm. seeing how we can um, show God's love through just our daily actions and, and towards mm-hmm. people. And I think especially during this month is sometimes you, you can um, be seen as hateful or be seen as um, someone who's, I guess, not tolerant or whatever mm-hmm. that word means nowadays. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, just finding ways that you can, you know, show God's love, but not like in a way that conforms to sin, but really shows that God loves you and he wants you to turn to him in these situations and not, not away from him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think... Um, just to continue on with your question about uh, sure. ways we can uh, foster this devotion to the Sacred Heart, I think another great practice is quite simply just uh, adoration of the Eucharist, of the Blessed Sacrament. Um, because in the Sacred Heart, we're adoring Christ's uh, his body and his blood, and then also his divine love that he poured forth. But what do we adore in the Blessed Sacrament but Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity? So I think there's a beautiful connection there between the Eucharist and the Sacred Heart. Uh, and really, 
like personally, that's where my devotion to the Sacred Heart started, was in Eucharistic Adoration yeah. here at the Newman Center. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Yeah, I know uh, Eucharistic Adoration is one of those things our students uh, have been very generous with, mm-hmm. you know, as, as they, you know, right now they're on summer break, so it's a little sparse around here, but as they come back, um, you know, this past semester, we were able to offer it pretty much every day that the Newman Center was in, in, in motion and activity. So kind of Monday through Thursday, you know, yeah. weekends, it scad- they scatter again. So, yep. um, but it, it, was, it was one of those things that they were very generous, such that we had extended adoration uh, throughout the week, and it benefited all those students. And mm-hmm. And people even this summer have asked me, hey, are we going to have adoration? I said, well, <laughs> this is a challenge in the summer because I need people to be present here consistently. Right. <laughs> and, and the inconsistencies of the summer don't lend itself uh, to being able to have sort of a, an organized effort in a way, at least not at a Newman Center. So I, I'm just grateful for them. I mean, that's they're, they, they've taken the call to faith very seriously, and, and they, they don't see it as some sort of nice idea, but it's something worthy to dedicate their whole life to. And I've been inspired by them getting to kind of be at the front row seat of the Holy Spirit, really working in the minds and the hearts and, and converting them. And, and hopefully, I don't know, maybe leading some others to uh, the Dominican order. And uh, yeah. I don't know, we'll see, <laughs> see what happens. I keep hoping for a, for a few more religious vocations. We've, we've been fortunate in uh, seminarians and um, mm-hmm. And uh, a lot, of course, great holy marriages coming out of here. And uh, I'm hoping for some habits, though. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get more visits and we'll get more uh, people just just, um, falling in love with that, maybe. I don't know, choosing that vocation. Um, But yeah, no, we are very blessed here in Fargo, too. We have... St. Mary's, the cathedral has yeah. the perpetual ad- adoration, and a beautiful, a beautiful adoration chapel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, we're really blessed to have that, and just all hours of the night. And if if you have the password, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm at liberty to speak that into the yeah, microphone. Yeah, no, not so, not, uh, not here. <laughs> if you're curious, uh, just call up their uh, front office. I'm sure they'll share it to you. Or if you sign up for an hour during the night, they'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even better, right? <laughs> Men take up those uh, one, yeah. two in the morning hours. <laughs> yeah. That's right. No, but yeah, no, there's, there's something, you know, super special about going at that time of day where nobody's awake and you just go and it's mm-hmm. silent. Because St. Margaret Mary Alacoque also had a, um, was just also like very silent in prayer, I heard. It's like she mm. would um, devote a lot of time to just being mm-hmm. silent. And I talk about it a lot, probably too much, maybe, I don't know, maybe not enough, um, of just going in adoration and just being silent. Just yeah. silence your mind and just be with Christ. And I think you can do that also just reflecting on the sacred heart in silence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, to finish thing o- things off, what are some, I guess, last last messages you might leave with the sacred heart to, to our listeners? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and brief. Yeah. I, I know I'm, uh, I'm throwing some kind of broad questions. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Um. I think I'll end with, uh, it's just one of my, my favorite aspects of, of Catholic theology, and it's just the fact that it, the technical term for this is Christ's capital grace. Um, it's the fact that he is the head of the church, and his human nature was completely sanctified when it was joined to his divine nature in his divine person. Uh, and it was so completely sanctified that his grace that he received into his human nature then flows out to all the members of the church. And so, 
it's just this wonderful aspect that uh, any graces we receive, we receive through Christ's humanity. And I think especially we receive them through his sacred heart. So just this understanding that any time we, we receive grace, any time we receive the sacraments, uh, go to confession, every time we receive the Eucharist, uh, we're receiving these great graces, and it's coming through the sacred heart of Christ. So I suppose my last message to, to all the listeners would just be the, the great mercy and love that comes to us, and it's all through Christ's sacred heart. And that's just, it's wild to yeah. think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a great message, yeah, to, to end on there. But yeah, I want to thank you, Father, so much for uh, coming on the podcast and being able to share your wisdom with us. Your, um, and congratulations again on thank your you. ordination and uh, prayers to you. Um, but yeah, for all our listeners, um, like, subscribe, share if you like this episode. Um, comment on it if you're watching on YouTube. I don't know if you can comment anywhere else. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, and God bless. <laughs>